I want to talk today about preserving our freedoms. Um, so to get the most out of what I want to say, because I'm going to have to stick to my notes. I have so much to say, and I'll get into weeds if I'm not careful, and I don't have time for weeds, which is all the periphery I could say. Uh, but I got a lot to mention, and we'll see how far we go. My notes are online at victorychurchraleigh.com forward slash notes. You can find my notes there. And today, because of my content, I've done two things. Uh, I have some supportive, additional supportive information for what I'm going to talk about today because I don't have time for the what I call weeds. And uh, there are a number of articles. I think, uh, I think there's 22 pages here, so you can have numbers. And there's some hyperlinks. So if you go online, there's a hyperlink at the very top of my preaching notes. And if you'll click the hyperlink, click it goes to another screen, and then uh, you can see this, which is supportive of a lot of things I'm going to mention that I need to mention today. Everybody got that? So anyway, I really encourage. These also have hard copies of this. Those who aren't, who aren't uh, uh, internet inclined, then we have them on the round table in the foyer, and you can pick one of these up. Is that good? So I did all this free, just for you, just for you. Is that Okay. Uh, gone are the days that we separate our spiritual life from our civic life. See how quiet it gets? Listen. Let's, let's listen to you again. Gone are the days that we separate our spiritual life from our civic life. Let me say it one more time. Gone are the days that we separate our spiritual life from our civic life. Our civic life, meaning, meaning our public life that deals with the nation that we live in. Did Jesus or did he not call us to be salt and light? How can we be salt and life if all we do is, before, is behind the four walls of this building right here, but, but we live a different way outside the walls? Gone are those days. If you've done any uh, traveling, thank you for that one yes. If you've done any traveling, now, I've been to Europe, I've been to England, uh, and really a number, number of different places. But, you know, Europe lost its evangelism. You know, uh, uh, the seedbed of the gospel, do you know it started in Europe? Do you know the Protestant Reformation started in Germany? Did it or did it not? Do you know most, most all of Europe is a hellhole? Boy, that's not great. If you're from Europe, I love you. But I'm telling you, uh, there's some huge spiritual deficits now in Europe, you can go to the gaudy cathedrals and they've got all the mosaics, you know, on the walls and on the ceilings and such, and they're empty. And that is a blight against the church of the Lord Jesus there. Should not have. Go to England the same way. You've got some wonderful, beautiful cathedrals. Many of them are empty. In fact, in Europe, some of them have become bars, booze halls, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I was in Oklahoma, they called them boogie bars. I don't know where they got that, but that's what they said. That's what they've become in Europe because, uh, you know, the church has lost its luster. It lost its voice in the culture, and they, they, and they lost their, their way of life. And now uh, one of the darkest places in the world is the European continent. Did you hear me? Why did that happen? Well, it's because they, it's because they lost their evangelism. They lost their zeal for Jesus even though the gospel that came to the Americas came from there. I'm, I'm telling you, they, they, they lost the blessing of God that they had, and now they're walking in darkness. So I wonder what we're going to do in America. Are we going to maintain the freedoms? I wonder, you know, Susan and I have four children. They're all grown and married. We have uh, eight grandchildren and more on the way one day. Not yet, but one day. 
And, uh, but I just wonder what kind of lifestyle and life my grandchildren are going to have. I wonder if they're going to have the freedoms that I've had. I wonder if they're going to have the opportunities that you've had. I wonder if, um, if they're going to have the same kind of lifestyle and, uh, and enjoy the things that freedom brings that we have. Do you ever think that way? If you get, if you get any age on you, you'll start thinking that way pretty quickly. Um, I'm reminded of one of the kings in the Old Testament. Was it Hezekiah? One of them, you know, uh, you know, he did it, he did it all wrong. And, uh, and God said, well, you know, judgment's going to come on your nation, but it's not going to come until you die. He said, well, that's good. Well, at least I'll be able to enjoy life. Now, you know, that's a sad commentary if we say, well, our life is blessed, but we don't do the things to preserve freedoms, the freedom and the liberty to be who God has called us to be and to preach the gospel worldwide. If we don't preserve that with how we live and what we do in our civic life, I think, uh, I think we'll have to answer in eternity for that. What do you think? You know, Matthew 25, there's a judgment of nations. I hadn't even started my notes yet. Look at this. God's desire, how many know, is to bless nations. Psalm 33, 12 through 22, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen for his inheritance, obviously speaking of Israel, but in many ways you could relate it to what uh, uh, the founding of the United States. The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men from the place of his dwelling. He looks on all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashions their hearts individually. He considers all their works. No king is saved by the multitude of an army. Hmm, let me, maybe she read that one again. No king is saved by the multitude of an army. No, no, uh, no nation is saved just because it has a big military. God's got to be back of what you do if you're going to survive. And that's what he's saying there, right? Uh, a mighty man is not delivered by great strength. Think about Goliath. Hmm. A horse is a vain hope for safety, neither shall it deliver any by its great strength. That was the means of travel during that day. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord, for he is our help and our shield. For our hearts shall rejoice because we've trusted his holy name. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us just as we hope in you. Then uh, Proverbs 14, 34, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach. Uh, to any people. Right now, there's a lot of reproach in America. Would you agree? Deuteronomy 30, 19, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you. Life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may live. I mention that to the Lord most days. Lord, I'm choosing life today. You have many are choosing life today. We need to choose life for our nation as well. Isaiah 1, 19 to 20, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The more closely, listen to this, the more closely to the word of God a group of people live, the more blessings that group have. That's the way it works. Darkness and the curse goes, uh, darkness and the curse that goes with it are held back when, a, when a, a group of people decide that they're going to obey God and obey his word. How many hear what I'm saying? Now, I've been to nations that are really, really dark, and when you get off the plane, you, the darkness hits you in the face. It's not a physical darkness. It's a spiritual darkness that is, it, it envelops you. It really does. And, uh, you know, we've had such freedom here that in a lot of ways our culture doesn't really know what it means to be bound. If you travel any, if you've traveled any, you know what it means. You see the effects of it. We have opulence here. We've had such blessing. 
that uh, when you try to compare the, um, the incomes of the, even the poorest people in America to, 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 to the uh, people in other nations, it's not even close. It's not even close. In fact, a person that's poor here would be wealthy in many nations. How many here? You know, the reason for that disparity, I believe, is because, because heretofore we allowed not every person that has managed our nation and not every person born here has honored God or honored his ways. There's been a lot of mischief as it is uh, worldwide because we have darkened hearts. Uh, we live in this thing called depravity, and that's why we need Jesus. We're sinners of heart, yes or no? And if sin finds its full expression, it will ruin everything it touches, including your life, your family, your marriage, your children, your job, your business, your money, and your freedoms. Yes or no? So having said that, our hard-won freedoms in America are in peril. Now listen to this. So uh, there's some things I need to say today because it's really, really important. And I feel a real impress from the Lord that pastors like me who pastor local churches and communities need to stand up and say what needs to be said instead of saying nothing so people will stay in their church. <clears throat> so I hope you stay in our church, but I'm not, I don't preach because I want a big crowd. I preach because I have to honor God and I have to live for Him and I have to answer to Him one day. So you may like some Sundays the things I share and you may not like some of the other things I share, but everything I say I will stand before Jesus and give account of. And every pastor needs to have that heart how many hear me? So I got to share some things today. There's a group of people. Listen carefully. I, I don't. I, I you could use a lot of terms, but I'm just going to say there's a group of people that want to remove our freedoms from us. They want to remove our constitution. Uh, they want to remove our bill of rights, and they want us to join the global order called the New World Order. Uh, now they call the New World Order the Great Reset. You've heard about all this, right? Well, there, there's a large group of people listening in our country, and uh, they are people of esteem. They are people in places of uh, responsibility in various ways, and they want this to happen. They don't like uh, what we believe as believers. They don't like the way our country is set up with a constitution and a bill of rights that affords individuals freedoms because it hinders their purposes. See, this goes over real big. Today, we're honoring the people who gave their life's blood so you could enjoy your hot dogs and hamburgers this weekend and enjoy your freedoms and such. Uh, I got a question for you, however. What, uh, what are you willing to give today to defend the right to live in freedom? You know, we've honor we're honoring this weekend those who gave their blood. What are you willing to give? That's a big question. Isn't it? What am I willing to give? Well, I don't want to give nothing. I just want to enjoy life. Well, you're not going to enjoy it much longer if you don't give something. That's the way it is. If we give nothing, we're going to lose our freedoms. So um, I have this belief system and I have all of my spiritual life. I've been in Jesus. This is my uh, 46th year in God. And all of my life I've heard this and I believe this and I think the scriptures bear it out. The church should lead every culture. And I've heard very, in, in fact, pastors, churches I've attended uh, have said this. I've heard it over and over again. As goes the church, so goes the world. As goes the church, so goes the nation. So we can't sit back and complain about the problems in our nation as believers. Uh, if we have problems in our nation, it's because of some lack in us because we should be the main and prominent influencers 
of thought and living in our country. What on earth has happened? Did you know people watch what you do? Did you know what people watch how you live? Did you know people watch your children and your grandchildren? Oh, Jesus, help me now, right? <laughs> well, they do, and they watch your life. Jesus called us salt. Jesus called us light. So we're called to be leaders in our society. And we are in a day that we need to let our voice and our convictions be heard. And that means if, uh, if your whole goal in life is for everybody to like you, you will not be able to do what Jesus wants you to do. The very fact that he wants us to be salt and life means that we affect the people around us. And if you're not willing to affect the people around you positively today and then get some flack because of what you say and believe, not that you're angry and not that you have a bad attitude. No, you can be kind and loving, benevolent, but you can firmly stand for what is right. And if you're not willing uh, for somebody to resist that, then you don't have very much inside of you. That's tough, isn't it? So here's, here's a few of our challenges. Can we go here? Everybody okay? Now, now, this is available, 22 pages, to support what I'm about to say. There's a few of our, here's a few of our many challenges today, and then there's some answers to it, and uh, um, we'll see how far we get. I've got the notes, so I don't have to say everything in my notes. You can go back and read some of them. The first thing that we have to deal with in our world today, the number one problem that I see is deception. Everybody say deception. And I've read this many times. Jesus said when his disciples asked him what the world would be like just before his second coming, the first thing Jesus out of Jesus' mouth, take heed that no one deceives you or misleads you, according to what translation uh, you read. And then Matthew 24, 24 is not in the notes, but but, but Jesus mentioned that the day would be such before he returns that e even the elect, even those that know the Lord, if they're not careful, they themselves would be deceived. Now, I don't know about you, but that should be a huge wake-up call to all of us. Jesus, in his, uh, his uh, parable of the sower, very end of that, I mentioned it Wednesday night, he said, watch what you hear. Uh, or take heed how you hear. That is, listen and then apply it to your life and be careful with what you're hearing because what you hear becomes lifestyle if you believe what you're hearing. How many hear me? Most of our news outlets today have become propaganda for the agenda of the one world uh, order. Did you hear me? So how do you know if a news outlet's propaganda? Can, can I give you a hint? You want to hear this? You might not want to hear it. You want to hear this? It's really simple. All of this stuff's kind of colluded together, and you'll find out it's true. If you're watching anything, boy, Lord, help me with this one. If you're watching anything and, a, and an advertisement comes up, now watch this, for a pharmaceutical, there's a 90-plus percent probability that the channel that you're listening to is a propaganda channel. Because the people that own these corporations and these large conglomerates, they're anti-God, anti-Christ, and they have a one-world ideology. Did you know that? It's crazy how innocent and naive we as Christians can be. Did you hear me? I'm still talking about deception. Y'all still with me? You know, talking about deception and, and the things that you hear in the news outlets and such, you got to be really careful today. And I've said this so many times, but I'll never forget as a young boy in the early 60s, yes, that dates me, and, you know, we had the Cold War, we had the Cuban Missile Crisis, and, 
you know, everybody. And we, we actually had fallout plans in our school. We had a fallout shelter in our school in the event that there was a nuclear attack uh, from Cuba by Russia. And everybody, as you know, what's going to happen. Did you know the world's worse right now than it ever has been? with respect to nuclear threat. And did you know that the United States is less prepared than it's ever been? Just want to give you something to chew on a little bit there. Think about it. So, But my parents would tell me, said, Mitch, and, and, uh, and, and at school and at different places, I could see the state-run TV in Russia. And, and, and whoever was talking to me would say as a little boy, they'd say, now, 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 now that's propaganda. And these people aren't telling the truth. They're just telling the people what they want them to hear and what they want them to believe so that they'll believe it. And we lo- I looked with, uh, with, quite, with, with a great amount of interest as I saw that and as people told me that. And now we're living that in America. Now, a lot of people don't think so, but I'm telling you, it, will, it is absolutely so. So um, if you're not willing to take time to search for truth, and blindly accept propaganda, you're probably going to be deceived. So let me say it a different way. If all you do is turn the news on in your car, you know, I got XM satellite, I got all these news, all this, if I, I don't even listen to it now. I've got all the major news channels on my TV at home, I got all that, we got access to the internet, and you got all the apps and all that, but if all you do is listen to the mainstream news, you're probably deceived. Is over big. I got to say it. I don't know how not to say it. There's a lot of information available. So let me say it this way. If we're not willing to search for truth, you're not going to find it today. Am I challenging you yet? Anybody feel challenged? If all you're doing is blindly accepting what you hear, you're probably going to be a deceived person. Okay, check it out. So that's the reason I I put this out. Just to let you know, there's a lot of information available today and not all of it's propaganda. There can be propaganda in the middle, on the left, on the right, wherever, and you just got to figure out what's truth. How many hear me? I, I, I hear a lot of things and I listen to a lot of things. I listen to podcasts. I read articles. I listen to videos. I do all of it. And I listen to a lot of different sources. And, and some things I may say, well, that's right. But then the person has too much of a slant on it from themselves. And I can say, well, they're, they're, they're misguided there and they're misconstruing truth. You know, the enemy has an uncanny way of taking truth and putting a twist on it. Don't forget he came, to, he came to Eve in the Garden of Eden and after God gave her and, uh, and, uh, and Adam some instructions about what to eat and what not to eat of the fruit trees in, in, in Eden and, uh, and the enemy came up to Eve and said, you know, God, did God really say you're going to die the day you eat the fruit of that tree right there? She said, well, he said, yeah, if we even touch it, we're going to That's not what God said. He didn't say, if you touch it, you're going to die. He said, if you eat it, you're going to die. And the devil came to him and said, you won't really die. You'll be smart as God. Really? You can't? Oh, you won't die? Bro, I promise, take a bite. You won't die? Take a bite. Take a bite. You won't die? And she said, really? And she took a bite. And she didn't die physically, but she did die spiritually. So somebody that comes up to you and say, do what you want to do. Be what you want to be. Be this, do that, act that way. Hey, it's good. You better look on the other side of that because there might be devil written across that. How many hear what I said? Uh, Here's another thought. If if, If we don't stop blindly believing everything we hear in the media, now this is going to be a challenge when I say this. You ready for a challenge? Uh, 
we may be one of the people that fall away from God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, that day of Jesus appearing will not come unless there comes a great falling away first. And the man of sin is revealed, talking about the Antichrist. Where we're living in a day that the deception is such that you could fall into the deceptive trap. If you're not willing to search and research, how many hear what I'm saying? So deception is at an all-time high today, and y'all, if, if we ever needed to hear what Jesus said when he said, take heed what you hear, we need to take heed what we hear. How many hear me? Yeah. So don't just blindly accept everything you hear, and, and uh, somebody that's looking nice uh, in a talk box somewhere, speaking nice, eloquent words, nice, eloquent words can get you killed. Number two, there's a godless agenda in schools and colleges. Now, uh, the majority of the supported notes is about what I'm about to talk about here. Um, so I just want to start this out with a statement. Marxists and communists are one and the same, if you didn't understand that. And they have an ideology uh, <clears throat> that is really strong. And here's, uh, they, they know they can rule a nation or a people group if they can gain control of three things. Number one, they can gain control of communication. That's a large part of what they want to do. They want to twist truth so that what you're hearing has a semblance of truth, but it's got a slant on it that slants you away from things they don't want you to believe and slants you towards and gives you a bias towards what they want you to think. Yes or no? Absolutely true. I could get in the weeds on that one really quickly and sort of want to. Now, the second one is education, if they can control three. Education, communication, education, and finance. Marxists and communists, listen to what I'm saying. Pastor, why don't you preach in the Bible? I am preaching the Bible. I'm trying to uh, take, take the lid off some things so we can all see it. Uh, the enemy knows if he can uh, dominate communication, education, and finance. He can dominate a culture. Now, I can tell you full well, we, like I just said, there's huge problems with communication. And you got to look for truth on purpose these days. Let me tell you what happened to me. How many know you have the spirit of truth inside of you? Jesus, uh, you know, Paul, John said you have an unction, an anointing from the Holy One, and you know or understand all things in 1 John 2.20. Uh, and, and, and then verse 27, he said basically the same thing. The anointing that uh, that you receive from him abides in you. And see, that means the Holy Spirit's on the inside of us. And every time I'm talking to someone, every time I'm listening to a podcast, every time I'm reading an article, every time I'm watching a news broadcast from anywhere, I've got an internal monitor called the Spirit of Truth. And he's monitoring everything I hear. And y'all, this happens to me all the time. This started when I was in my 20s. Somebody's talking to me. In fact, I, I wasn't even a month old in the Lord. And here's a guy, and he's one of my Bible school buddies. And I, you know, started attending Bible school pretty much right away at night. And we had a Bible school in our church, so we had a lot of young people in our church. And, and I would be uh, hanging out after church, you know, hanging out. And we just hanging out, talking, you know, and laughing and, you know, having fun after, after uh, church services and such. And I'd be with someone, and they'd be talking to me. And I heard something inside say, don't, don't mess with this guy. So what is that? Because you're supposed to love everybody, right? Well, I am supposed to love everybody, but that doesn't mean I have to hang out with everybody I love. 
Because the sad truth is the person you are five years from now is gonna, is gonna be determined by the, by the kind of books you read and the friends you entertain. I had to change a set of friends when I came to Jesus. And then after I've known Jesus, I've, I found there's, there's some believers, they're not quite set apart for God yet. They still have the flesh there that is dominating them and they say things off color and to do things off color. And that's, and, and so I found when I first came to the Lord, the Lord was saying, hey, hang out with that person, not that person. And then here's a pretty girl. So I think I'm going to ask her out. Don't mess with her. That's a, that's a witch in sheep's clothing. <laughs> yeah. I better not mess with that one. You hear what I'm saying? Do the same thing with communication stuff. Do the same thing when you're listening to stuff. Listen. How many hear me? Uh, to rule a nation. The enemy knows you have to remove its history and then change its history. How many hear what I'm saying? I want to talk a little bit about education. There are people uh, in our nation who are seeking to inflame anger and division between races. How many know that's going on? And they're pushing an idea that one race thinks they're better than another. Did you hear what I'm saying? Y'all, I've, listen, I was, listen, listen. I was raised in the deep south. We ate fried chicken. We ate pork chops. We ate collard greens, cabbage. You hear me? And most of them came from the ground in the backyard. All right? I had black friends and I had white friends. When I was in elementary school, they decided to uh, desegregate all the schools. I went to a white school, and there's a black school right down the road. So I'm in elementary school, and I remember the day the blacks come to our school because they go integrate the blacks and the whites. And I said, well, that's really odd, and I never thought about it as a kid. Why were they going to a different school anyhow? See, my little mind didn't understand that. But see, my daddy taught me, said, Mitch, you don't judge a man by the color of the skin. And Martin Luther King Jr. said, you judge a man by the content of his character, right? And my daddy taught me to love everybody, love everybody, love everybody. I don't care, red, yellow, black, and white, all are precious in his sight. I sang it in Sunday school. We sang it at vacation Bible school. We were taught that all men are created equal. Yes or no? And I don't care what color you are, we're all the same. But my friends, there is an ideology that's trying to separate the races in our nation today. And there's, a, there's quite a few people that are, trying to, uh, that are seeking to uh, go after the propaganda that they are uh, bilging uh, from their cranial cavities. How many hear me? Uh, there are people seeking to revise historical facts with propaganda that divides and isolates one group from another, such as, now it's in here, and friends, uh, if you, let me just make some blank, frank statements. If you've got children in public school, one of two things better happen or you're going to lose your children. If you have children in public school because you can't afford any other way, you can't homeschool or Christian school, if your kids are in public school, you better know what's being said to them every single day. Because if you don't know what's being said to them, I promise you, it's not what you believe and what you want them to think. In public school, not now. Though here's, here's a couple of things here. The 1619 Project is a project of information seeking to, be des, uh, be in, to enter into the curriculums of schools, young children, which shows a racial bias in our nation's founders. They're literally seeking to change history 
Now, they've been rebuffed by it. Some of the major news outlets, news, uh, uh, New York Times and others, Washington Post and others have come against them and said, dude, you're rewriting history when you talk about these things. And I'm not going to take time, and I don't have time this morning, to even talk about what that is. Well, go look it up because I showed you. Is that okay? I promise you it's an anti-God, anti-Christ, and something that is seeking to create a divide in our country, and it's demonic. How many hear what I'm saying? There's also something called, and this has been going on for a few years now, critical race theory. How many have heard of that? It's in my notes. Listen to my notes. Seeks to show a racial bias in the founding of America. Seeks to pit one race against another. Instead of uh, our forefathers coming to America for freedom of religion, they say the founders of a nation came here to be able to be slave owners. Friends, that is a lie. That is a lie. I've got a book in my office that's two inches thick called The Light and the Glory. It was written back in the 1970s. It's an excellent historical fact on the reason the pilgrims came and what the ideology and makeup of the people that originally founded this nation was. How many hear what I'm saying? But if you've got a history book that's, uh, that's dated past, I don't know, 1960, 70 or so, it's going to have some twisted facts in it. It's quiet in this Baptist church. Did you hear me? I encourage you, go read the things. I, I, did, I've done your, I did your homework for you. Because I want you to see what I'm talking about, friends. The enemy is uncanny. He doesn't care. He wants to divide. He wants to manipulate. He wants to twist and contort facts and truth. And if we let him do it, we lose our nation. And again, Communists know if they can get communication, education, if they can re-educate your children to believe things that are simply not true, then they can begin to dominate and take over a once free nation. How many hear me? Don't take the race bait. In fact, let me go, can I go a step further? As a believer, you shouldn't even think of another person in terms of their race. Yes or no? My executive pastor's from Asia. Our praise and worship leader's African, American. Is that okay? Well, why isn't it okay? Look at you. I mean, we, we at one time had over uh, 20-something nations represented in our church. That's the way it ought to be. What do you think heaven's going to be like? Galatians 3.28, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. You're all one in Christ Jesus. Colossians 3.11, in this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew, Gentile, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave, free. Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. Isn't that awesome? So if you come to me barking at me because I'm a white, or you say something else to someone else because they're a black or they're a Hispanic or they're an Asian, you know what? You need to hush and repent of your sin. Because in Jesus we're one. As a believer, I have no privilege to judge, judge, judge another person based on, based on their ethnicity. Yes or no? And neither do you. Yes or no? We're playing into the enemy's hands to do so. And those that are wanting to take over our nation, they're just clapping and saying, hip, hip, hooray, we're winning. When we do that. Third thing here. That is a real problem is the sexual indoctrination of our children. Is it a problem today? The devil is laughing so hard at us. 
teaching children fluid gender identities and ideals, removing gender pronouns from children, teaching children to be sexual. Listen, teaching a child who doesn't even think about sex, teaching them that if they're a boy, they can be a girl and vice versa. My friends, that is demonic at the core. How can you say that's right? How many hear me? Gender dysphoria is what that's that's called. And in the past, that has been deemed a rare medical condition that affects uh, only a very small percentage. It's in the notes, 0.6, not even 1% of the population of this nation uh, is affected by gender dysphoria, but they make that, that's the biggest deal going. Friends, there's something wrong with that, and we ought to be able to see that it's impractical and demonic. Allowing a girl to become a boy and vice versa in name and dress and social identity is wrecking havoc among our young. And if we stand back and say nothing because somebody will fuss at us, we're as wrong as the, as the people doing it. How I many hear what I'm saying? My friends, again, let me quote for the third time and say these, are, these ideologies are demonic in nature and they will absolutely ruin this nation. They seek to revise the concept of marriage as given by God in Genesis chapter 2. Marriage uh, as given by God is, a, is a, the closest human relationship known to man. It's the first relationship uh, in the Bible. It's older than human government and it's called marriage. And marriage in the Bible is a union between a man who has the apparatus of a man and a woman who has the apparatus of a woman. You say, well, I don't know what I am. Then get your honey in over there in our bathrooms, the male or female, whichever you, the you are, go in the stall, pull your britches down and see what you got. You can tell if you're a man. You can tell if you're a woman. And anybody to tell you something different is just God Almighty demonic. So how on earth can we be quiet about these things? What is wrong? I'll tell you what I think it is. It's Jezebel got a hold of us. Jezebel told Ahab, the king of Israel, what to do. And she got all over his case if he wanted to do the right thing. She said, no, 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 no. You do it this way. Or you got hell to pay if you don't. And my friends, now, now they want to breathe down your neck and call you all kinds of names because you just simply believe in what God created. That's a problem. If somebody wants to breathe down your neck, let them breathe down your neck. But we ought to show up at PTA meetings. You ought to go up to your teacher's classroom and say, I found this in my child's book. That won't be being taught by my child. My child will not stay in the class for that. My child will not fill out that assignment. My child will not fill out this, that piece of paper, yada, yada, yada. How many hear me? And if we don't do that, we will lose our country. 100% true. There's never, now, now, <laughs> There's never been a nation that embraced anything other than heterosexual relationship in family that survived. At one time, Rome ruled the world. All roads lead to Rome. They ruled the Middle East, that part of the world. You know what their downfall downfall was? Their sexual immorality. Their rampant homosexuality, their rampant lesbianism, their rampant pedophilia, their rampant rampant pagan idolatry. They had orgies in temples 
with paid prostitutes. True story, New Testament, during New Testament times. The world hasn't changed that much, my friends. And now that which has been put to the, put to the side in the Western world because of the Judeo-Christian ethic made us great is coming back again and it's seeking to override the things that made us great. How many hear what I'm saying? These things will bring judgment on a once great nation. And my friends, we are teetering on the brink of judgment right now and the very things that are happening. Some of this God is allowing because of the things that we're allowing. So if you don't like what's happening, speak up and be willing to be vilified. Be willing for somebody to slur your character and say awful things about you. They did it to Jesus. Are you any better than him? Every one of the disciples, with the exception of uh, John, was martyred. They tried to kill John. He just wouldn't die. Boil him in a vat of oil. He just won't die. Do this. He just won't die. He just keeps living. Because the love of God was dripping off of him. And the, and the demonic assaults couldn't get past that shield. Wow. Number three, total financial control. Those that want to rule our nation, they want total financial control. Now, there's a book I read a couple of years ago called The Killing of Uncle Sam, Rodney Howard Brand, uh, Brown and a ghostwriter who was obviously a really great historian. This book is two inches thick. It's got over a thousand end notes at the end and it's well documented. I have the hard copy and I have a copy on my iPad. And I read that two years ago. I took that summer when I was on vacation and I read the whole thing in two weeks. And I sat on the beach and read the thing. And uh, let me tell you what it did. It awakens me and it, it bothered me and it uh, hurt me. I, I have such respect and I still do. I have respect for the United States of America. I have respect uh, for what God uh, ordained be here over the uh, over the hundreds of years of our of our um, existence as a nation. But however, that book informed me, and I've read many other things since then. There's a group of wealthy elites. I don't know what else to call it, who are seeking to control the money and the political ideology of this nation. How many hear me? Um, and they've been doing this for a long, long time. It's been a long, long slog. I can't name their names out loud because if I do, I'm already shadow banned, if you don't know that, on Facebook. That's uh, truth. And, and on YouTube and stuff. I already know that. But if I say this, they're probably just going to cut the lights out. So here, right on the screen, these are the people. See the top name? This guy right here, he finances a lot of wicked stuff. Did you know that? He's a multi-billionaire. I got stories I don't have time to tell about that personally that I found out on vacation two years ago. In fact, uh, I can't go there. I don't have time. Uh, the second person, yeah, he, he's, he's right behind a lot of this stuff. And uh, that uh, guy, uh, his first name, Santa. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, that guy right there. Yeah, uh, he's behind a lot of this stuff that's going on today. Did you know that? And they're pouring billions of dollars into the governments of the world. Uh, under the table, they're giving billions of dollars to congressmen, to senators, to governors, to judges, to representatives, uh, to people in positions of uh, power to not say something or to say something or to let something happen or to spend some money here or do something there. And uh, these people and others, and again, I've got it on the screen, many of our previous and current U.S. leaders are part of the World Economic Forum. 
The World Economic Forum is a demonic organization based on the spirit of Antichrist. I don't know how, I can't even say it, that's just truth. Uh, in the notes here, if you'll go to the ones online and click at the top of my note, the hyperlink, the very end of these notes, I've got uh, one, two, three, four. I've got five hyperlinks. Now, they're not, not hyperlinks on a paper, but online they're hyperlinks and they're, they're blue. And if you click on them, they'll take you to a website for the World Economic Forum. And on that website, I took some time Wednesday and went into detail, I think it was actually Thursday, and just looked at all their mess. See right there on the screen, if you, all of those little things are in that circle or hyperlinks, and they'll tell you everything these people think and believe in. First thing you'll find out is they say things that sound so sweet and so nice, but my friends, it's sugarcoating the demonic. It's like what my grandmama did to kill the rats in her cellar. She put a nice big fat piece of meat in a wrapper with some arsenic, and man, those rats tore it up and died. The enemy's doing that with this right here. And you better know it. The people are working behind the scenes to influence the world of finance, the media, education, the belief systems that govern nations. They use their money to influence and foment conflict between nations. They make money out of war. It's too much to talk about today. Their goal, again, is the new world order. They call it today the great reset so that all nations have the same currency. Their plan is to gain control through the manipulation of the population by fear of pandemic diseases and now shortages of every sort. There's a plan. Listen, I just listened to this last Thursday. There's a plan to place a microchip in every person worldwide by 2026 that can read all of your bio medical information and feed it up so no so everybody can be quote unquote healthy the eventual end of that they'll be able to track your every move and eventually all of your financial transactions will go through that chip mhm non-compliance with their beliefs means you'll be cut off if you don't do it you won't be able to pay and you won't be able to take care of yourself pay your bills buy your food buy your gas take care of your family Again, the uh, reason for runaway inflation, fuel prices that we're dealing with that are through the roof right now, it, it's really to create a financial collapse. So you'll have to depend on the, on the great reset and the digital currency that will replace the dollar. Are you hearing what I said? It's uncanny that I'm even having to say these things. And, you know, back a couple of thousand years ago, Revelation 13, 16 he causes, speaking of Antichrist, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand and on their foreheads, it's actually underneath the skin, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark of, or, or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here's wisdom. Let him who has understanding can calculate the number of the beast for it's the number of a man. So again, the technology to do that is already available. And again, uh, one of the guys whose name was, was on the board earlier, he's the one that was uh, sitting in a meeting and was being videoed. And he said, by 2026, we plan to microchip every human on earth. We have the technology, we have the availability, and we're ready to go make it happen. COVID-19 was just a step towards that direction. It is not the mark, but it was a step in that direction. How many hear me? So I've done with saying all that, and it's late, so listen to this. God wants you today to be a Daniel. God wants to give you the spirit of Daniel, the attitude of Daniel. You know what happened with Daniel, right? 
Uh, when you get home, I don't have time to read the whole thing, but in Daniel chapter 6, Daniel, of course, he had his friends Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. You know, you've read about them. And they were thrown in the furnace and such, you know. But uh, nonetheless, Daniel was appointed one of the leaders in Babylon and Israel was in Babylon because of their disobedience to God. And he was of such exemplary character and wise words that he rose quickly to positions of leadership. The other leaders in the government became absolutely jealous of Daniel and were looking for a way to put him out of his office and they were just angry with him. So they urged the king to uh, pass laws outlawing the worship of any god except the king, which was common in the day. And Daniel, you know, he heard what they said, the, 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 uh, the uh, uh, king passed the law and once a king passes a law, you do it or you die. That's the way it is. So Daniel 6.10, when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home, knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with his windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day just as he had always done. See, what happened didn't affect his personal life. He did it anyway. Giving thanks to his God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. That's Daniel. Are you willing to be a Daniel? When things are, when things are done that hit, try to hinder your walk with God, hinder you fellowshipping with Jesus, are you willing to say, mm, I'm still going to do what I've always done because I am who I am and I'm not going to change? That's what Daniel was. That was his ideology because of his refusal to compromise, God had Daniel's back, verse 16, Daniel 6. So at last the king gave, gave orders for Daniel to be arrested, thrown in a den of lions. The king said, may your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. A stone was brought, placed at the mouth of the den. And of course, you know, the next morning the king calls out, Daniel, was your God, whom you serve so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lions in the, in the place you are? And Daniel answered, long live the king. God had his back. You know what you're going to find out today? When you choose to honor God, Jesus will have your back. God will have your back. The angels of God will help you. But my friends, if we kowtow now to the things that are happening, we're going to lose. And the people that are going to be affected the most by the loss is going to be your children and your grandchildren and future generations. And the, the, the joys and the enjoyment of life that you know now, it is going to quickly evaporate. Did you hear what I said? So, we got choices to make, y'all. Now, the good news with all of this, when Jesus comes back, Revelation 18, it's in the notes. I don't have time to read it. Uh, when Jesus comes back, uh, there's a euphemism for this one world government stuff. And the Bible calls it Babylon the Great. A euphemism puts a nice word on a nasty thing. And so, God says, Babylon the Great has fallen, has fallen, has become the den of devils. And it's, a, and it's the house for all that is horrible and bad. And it all bites the dust. It's in one hour, Babylon the Great, which is this conglomerate of entities that are trying to control the whole world that I just talked about. It's going to bite the dust when Jesus comes back. For pleasure, uh, maybe after lunch, read Revelation 18, all 18 verses. You'll find that Jesus comes back and whips their butt and whips them badly. Lastly, there's a great revival coming in the middle of all this. I don't have the time to talk about it. Daniel, uh, one of the things Daniel did toward his later years, he was in his 80s, he began to pray and ask God to forgive Israel. And you find that prayer, the first uh, 18, 19 verses of Daniel chapter 9. I don't have time to read it, it's in the notes, but 
God wants us to pray for America the way Daniel prayed for his people. How many hear me? I don't believe God wants us to give up on our nation. What do you think? What about the rest of you? Are you going to remain silent and do nothing and enjoy your sweet tea? Lazing on an afternoon in your hammock? Or when you need to at the appropriate times and in the right social situation, are you going to stand your ground with a smile on your face and say, I don't believe that and I'm not going to live that way and I'm not going to allow that to be uh, placed in the heads of my children? What are we going to do? I don't know about you. As for me and my house, we're going to walk with God. How many want to walk with God with me?